Alright y'all, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Tonight, we got quite a bit to talk about, including a word on the street segment. I got a couple new stories to go over there, and then uh, I'll be going over Monday Night Football as well as some NFL news, and then I'll be wrapping everything up with the, the newest Top 25 AP poll for college football. So let's get right into it, like I said, with the word on the street. And the first story here is coming from the Middle East. And U.S. satellites detect I Iran arming before the Saudi attack. Uh, the U.S. Defense Department is claiming that satellites, their own satellites, are uh, their own satellites detected Iran preparing drones and missiles at their launch sites before the the attack on the Saudi oil field on Saturday. No images have been publicly released. Hmm, kind of. Not surprised by that, uh, but the uh, they are being viewed as circumstantial evidence. Uh, the Houthi re uh, rebels based in Yemen are claiming uh, to carry out the strike, but the U.S. believes that Iran played an important part. Uh, Iran is denying, of course, denying all responsibility. The Defense Department is also planning on sending a forensic team to the area that will examine missile and uh, drone parts. Uh, as well at the scene the attack cut saudi arabia's oil production by half and that was actually a that just that one half of saudi arabia's supply is already 10 percent of the world's oil spiking of course a oil a spike um in oil prices now crude oil prices will go up to 15 percent uh well they actually went up 15 percent yesterday and the average of uh, gas prices went up three cents to two uh two and a two dollars and 59 cents of course it's probably gonna be a lot more in california just because that's just how they do us out here over the next week prices are expected to rise up another 20 cents of course i know it's gonna be a lot more in california uh now one thing i will tell you is shares of exxon and chevron went up one and a half percent and British petroleum actually rose 3.7%. I'm going to say something a little bit bold right here, and um, you can take it how you want. Um, so certain times, you'll see people of the right-wing persuasion, uh, they will call a false flag on certain situations. Uh, I would say the, the school shooting situations, uh, whether it be Sandy Hook, there's been uh, many people that have come out over time and said that could have been a false flag. You even got people saying some of these more recent shootings are a false flag done by the liberals in order to take away uh, your guns. Uh, well, I'm going to call that same flag here. I call a false flag. Uh, first and foremost, my biggest issue is if you have already taken satellite, if you took satellite images uh, back on Saturday, right before the attack, and how come, Miss, uh, well, sorry, whoever's involved with the U.S. Defense Department, how come nobody notified anybody else? Uh, how come you took the images and did not notify uh, your own government, your own military, uh, who's actively in the area, who's been actively in the area for months? I actually told you about when they first arrived with their big, bad Abraham Lincoln ship that had all type of fighter pilots and fighter, you know, planes ready to go, right? So you mean to tell me you take footage of them getting ready for the attack, but you don't prevent it? You don't go, not only do you not stop it yourself because you have the most capable military, 
that being America. Only do you do that, you not only, you don't even do that, you don't even have the decency to tell, oh, Saudi Arabia, guess what? Uh, you got these people over here about to set up an attack. We have satellite images right now of them setting up to attack you. This hat, this, I mean, how do you acquire the pictures? I, I don't even know what these pictures, first of all, I don't think the pictures are real. I don't think, I think the attack, if, you know, if it happened, if it happened, just like y'all claim with these shootings, these school shootings, I think it's a false flag. Again, how do you not notify anyone in Saudi Arabia if, the, if you knew for a fact that you saw people get, if you saw through your satellite images, people who you refer to be as Iranians or whoever was involved, putting their, getting their um, weapons and the drones together. That's what you claim is there in the satellite images. Why was that not reported on Saturday immediately and there was some action uh, made? Nobody made a move, whether it be the US or the Saudis, and then that the oil field suddenly got attacked. It's a false flag to raise up your gas prices. It's over. I'm not buying it. They played it. There's no way you can, you can, you can catch them before the act. You have the pictures, but you don't stop them. So you let you, you. So let me get this straight. They knew the attack was gonna happen. They caught them on the picture. They got the picture, but they didn't do anything. There's only other way. One way you can look at it: either the, the attack didn't happen, or it was a false flag. Which one do you guys want to play with it? Because they keep playing with y'all. They keep trying to fool us, the American people, and we're the ones that keep they keep paying the price. They keep raising up the gas price. They keep taking our taxes away, our whatever tax cuts we had away because of this beef, that this, this, this quote unquote beef we're supposed to have with China. Again, there is no evidence. Again, and there might be evidence that Iran pulled off this attack. Okay, fine. Well then why the hell, if we caught them in the act before the attack happened, why did nobody stop it? That is my biggest question. I'm not buying what the U.S. Department of Defense is telling me. It sounds like some bullshit in order to raise your oil prices and eventually your gas prices. Ain't nobody going to be paying for it but us. Thank you. Moving on to the next story. And uh, Walmart just going right into it. Ain't shit. Uh, memos by the U.S. Equal Employment and Opportunity uh department reveal discrimination of female employees uh, 178 cases reveal pay disputes and denial of promotions mm. wow i'm not surprised i'm not really surprised the eeo the eeoc is encouraging uh walmart uh, i'm sorry uh walmart and the women to come to a resolution which could include settlements and the changing of employment practices. Uh, Walmart is currently the nation's largest private employer with about a, a one and a half million employees. Uh, now, Randy Hargrove, a spokesperson for Walmart, states that the findings are vague and non-specific. He also went on to say the cases involved allegations that were more than 15 years old and were not representative of the positive experience millions of of women have working have had working at Walmart. Now, Joseph Sellers, a lawyer for the women involved, says that at least 1,600 complaints of pay and promotion discrimination between uh, there were I'm sorry uh, there were 1,600 complaints of pay and promotion discrimination between 1999 and 2011 in 30 states. So again, uh, there's nothing vague and non-specific about excuse me the the, the key words here pay. And promotion discrimination that's very 
that's very not vague and very specific if you ask me and 2011 is not 15 years ago that's relatively you know not too long uh, not too long ago and of course there's a pattern of it going on in multiple states so again you can't make this up Walmart has had a poor record of not only mistreating women, but workers in general. They have health insurance policies that they take out on their workers that they don't even know or notify them about. And when their employee dies, uh, or if they work, if they are to die at some point, not nobody, including the family, is allowed to cash in. But Walmart. So there you go. So Walmart ain't shit. A lot of these, I keep trying to tell you, a lot of these corporations that y'all working for nine to five ain't shit. Believe me. I can't say too much about my job for fear that they might fire me. They already given one of my buddies a hard time. I'm just keeping it lit. Sorry. I'm just I'm just looking at a situation like this and I look at my own life and I'm saying, hmm, okay. And then you got these staunch conservatives saying, oh, well, uh, the people, these people need to pick up themselves and pick up them strokes by, them, by their own bootstraps. Well, how can we when your jobs don't want to pay you nothing? And if you're black and or a woman or any other type of group here, you're not going to get paid right anyway. And they're not going to try to promote you. Believe me, I've seen it all before as a black man. I, I, I'm riding with the women on this one because as black men, I see it worse. Just being honest, nobody wants to hear it, but we're going to say it tonight. I, I don't like the treatment these modern these these corporations. Uh, I don't like the way the corporations treat their workers. Period. Point blank. I can have a personal, private discussion with you guys about it if you want more details about my own personal experience. Cause I can't just air it out here, of course, because I'm working for one. And again, like I said, I don't want to put myself in no issue because they got a problem with that. They want to mistreat you, but they don't want you to talk about it. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, 150 lawsuits were made uh, also throughout that same point in time. So again, I, 150 lawsuits, over 1,600 complaints and reports of discrimination. Again, this is not a lie. This is not just people. Just something that people are making up. Of course, this is a pattern. Uh, however, Walmart, of course, with its big, big business mentality, was able to get the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, U.S. Supreme uh, Court to dismiss all these cases in 2011, but they're not going away. And uh, if a resolution is not met at some point in time, the EEOC uh, could file a lawsuit on the behalf of the women as well. And I hope that they do, because I think a lot of these corporations uh, need to start being exposed uh, for a lot for the way that they're treating their employees again. Uh, I think the problem with this 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 country and this society is you have one side, you know, this conservative side telling you, well, any hand type of handout is kind of, is communist or socialist and you don't need the government to take care of you. And guess what? To an extent you don't, but they don't give you a living wage. So without the living wage, what else do you have? You know, you, you, you can you can sit there and, and waste your body and your life and your time at the, at the at the little jobs that they give you. But again, they don't want to give you they don't want to give everybody uh adequate pay because I'm gonna I'm going to tell you a fact here that you might not hear or you might have heard thousands of times the minimum wage in the state of California does not and I mean does not co cover the cost of living so again in a way 
you're wasting your time at virtually any job that you're going to get here in this state or in any other state because in reality none of these jobs truly uh capture the real uh cost of living and you're constantly in a position where you're not able to even pay for that and that goes across the board we haven't even broken down the discrimination aspects of it and don't think for a fact that there's that that type of discrimination does not exist believe me there's racial discrimination still and of course obviously there's still sexual disorder sorry uh I'm sorry, uh, gender discrimination as well. Don't 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 believe the hype. It exists. It is not a lie. These corporations don't give a damn about anybody. First and foremost, that's why we're having the problems that we do. People are work. They're saying, okay, don't get me wrong. The 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 unemployment rate is low, but that's only because people are working two or three different jobs because the jobs that are currently available don't pay shit. Let's keep this. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it. You know, uh, let's not lie about this anymore. The the minimum wage has not and probably will not cover the cost of living. And it's been a problem in this nation and really in this state for uh, for years now. Let's not play stupid games here. These corporations, we can we could just look at the federal minimum wage right now. They're barely pushing it to fifteen dollars if they're ever gonna make it. And guess what? Fifteen dollars, just fifteen dollars is not enough to cover rent in San Francisco. It's not enough to cover rent in Oakland. It's not enough to cover rent in Berkeley, California. So we need to really step aside and really uh, start demanding of these of these so-called corporations uh, or or uh, of our own government to be more responsible and looking out for us if that's the case if you want us to if you wanted to show up at your stupid jobs if you want us to really work your silly jobs that at least pay us something at least have us going home with something because again these the, the minimum wage is not covering the cost of living get who else who needs to hear this gavin newsom uh donald trump your your model and the model that y'all keep trying to tell us has not been working for us it's a failure it's failing your your whatever whatever price you keep coming up whatever uh minimum wage y'all keep agreeing on in the state level and the in the in the uh the federal level it's failing significantly to provide a significant living for people period point blank uh who else needs to hear this any 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 uh nominee uh for for president uh i've been saying this you know cory booker uh kamala harris these are the issues we need to worry about you don't pay us enough to survive fuck all the other bullshit okay they don't pay us enough to survive and i certainly for a fact believe that there is still uh a gender pay gap because there's a racial pay gap as well okay and i'm going to take a quick break and when we get back we'll be talking some sports i'll be back y'all i am back like i said i'm gonna be breaking down some nfl action starting off with last night of course it was a monday night football action the browns get somewhat of an easy win against a depleted jets roster 23 to 3 was the final score the browns are now sitting at one and one the jets are now at zero and two let's break down the stats in this one on offense the browns were led by quarterback baker mayfield excuse me who went 19 to 35 for 325 yards he also threw for a touchdown but he 
he threw for an interception as well. Running back Nick Chubb uh, led everybody on the ground with 62 rushing yards and a touchdown. The wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. had 161 uh, receiving yards on six catches. He also was able to put up a touchdown as well. On defense, the Browns were led by linebacker Joe Schobert, or Schobert, excuse me, 13 total tackles for him. Safeties Jermaine Whitehead had six total tackles, and safety Morgan Burnett had six total tackles and a sack for the Jets. Offensively, they were led by quarterback Luke Falk, who went 20 to 25 for 198 yards. Trevor Simeon would go down in the first uh, quarter. He would only go three for six, but he injured a ligament. Uh, he injured uh, his left uh, uh, ligament, excuse me, in his left ankle and will miss the rest of the season. So bad luck for Jets QBs. It ain't working out for him. Uh, Le'Veon Bell was able to help out a little bit offensively. He was able to get 68 rushing yards and also 61 receiving yards. And Robbie Anderson actually led all receivers. Uh, Led, uh, led all receivers on the Jets with four catches and 81 yards. On defense, the Jets uh, were led by Jamal Adams at the safety spot. He had five total tackles, and also defensive back Darrell Roberts had five total tackles and a sack. So some key takeaways from the game, uh, at least one. Uh, the Browns, I mean, they might have gotten the win. They did not look really that great to me. They look like the monster that they've been talking about in the uh, offseason and all that. It, they still look to be a pre I mean, they look to be decent. I mean, they're definitely better than last year. There's signs that you can definitely say that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, he he did all right. He threw for interception as well. And he was pressured uh, as well a lot. I think uh, as a team, the Jets were able to generate about three sacks. So, again, uh, there were some struggles for that Browns offense. That offensive line definitely is going to need some help throughout the season. Uh, that's going to be – that might be one of their – that might be their main Achilles heel uh, going into the rest of the season. But let's move on. We have some news to talk about quite a bit, actually. Let's get right into it. Uh, we have some banged up quarterbacks to talk about. First and foremost being Drew Brees. The veteran quarterback for the Saints will undergo surgery tomorrow for his right thumb. Of course, he injured that uh, last weekend versus the Los Angeles Rams. Actually, his surgery will also be in L.A. as well. He has only missed one game in his entire 19 seasons and could, weeks, uh, could miss six weeks or more. Uh, the Saints will have Teddy, Bridge, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, and J.T. Barrett there. Uh, for backup purposes, of course, there's been a call for Colin Kaepernick, just like with the next team here, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Actually, not the Pittsburgh Steelers, but also the team I'm going to the team I'm going to talk about after that in their quarterback situation. But um, as far as the Saints are concerned, I think they're all right. Teddy Bridgewater is basically Drew Brees 2.0. Uh, he throws pretty much the same. They pretty much have the same kind of mechanics, and they don't they don't necessarily throw the ball down the field necessarily well either. So they're pretty much kind of the same. Taysom Hill is definitely a change of pace quarterback. He's really athletic. He can make some running plays. Same thing with JT Beard. But I think for right now, the Saints will be safe going with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. He has some starting experience. He has some. Uh, he's won some games too as a backup and a starter. So uh, look for him to take the reins, and they should be all right for the next uh, six weeks. I think they should. <laughs> they have a good enough defense and a good enough receiving core to do so. Their their uh, running backs aren't that bad either. So here's here's uh, for some hope. In New Orleans, because <laughs> that's what they're gonna need. Uh, 
We also got Ben Roethlisberger. He will be missing the rest of the year. He will have to undergo surgery on his right elbow. Uh, this will be the 16th. This would have been the 16th full season for the 37-year-old uh, quarterback. He went on to say, "I can only trust God's plan, but I can completely, but I am completely determined to battle through this challenge and come back stronger than ever next season." Um, all I can say is that I hope they do i hope they i hope he can um again there was been there has been some talk about him retiring in the past couple of seasons i think his mind is kind of near there we will see i think that whole generation of quarterbacks breeze Phillip rivers eli manning i'll talk a little about him in just a little bit as well but that's that generation that or that era of quarterbacks even uh tom brady is slowly coming to an end and this might be one of those catalysts uh, again for the, the uh for the pittsburgh Steelers this year they will be relying on mason rudolph uh, they also brought in Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. So they're looking to improve. Uh, well, I think uh, they're comfortable with what they have. They just wanted to add an extra defensive piece. So, again, Mason Rudolph is going to be your starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, going the rest of the way. They also signed Paxton Lynch to the uh, practice squad at the quarterback position as well. Uh, moving on, the final injury report we got to go over is going to be with Cam Newton. His status is uncertain going into week three in Arizona. He did suffer an aggravated left switch. Uh, I'm sorry. He suffered an aggravated left foot sprain in the third preseason game and backup Kyle Allen Allen could start for the next couple of weeks. So again, injury um, issues throughout the board throughout many of these prominent teams uh, cam as far as this year is concerned has only completed 61 of his passes to receivers that are open uh, pretty much with three yards or more separation and that's the second worst percentage on open plays in the NFL so definitely he has um, so he has something definitely holding him back so far this year he's thrown for 572 yards but only completed 56.2 percent of his passes and he has no touchdowns and one interception on the season oh, I'm sorry no no touchdowns and and no interceptions, but again, the no touchdowns through week three is definitely alarming. And uh, a couple more uh, news uh, news uh, stories to go over real quick. Jalen Ramsey is possibly on the move. Uh, the All-Pro defensive back has been granted his request to seek a trade, and has report, but has reported to Jacksonville's facilities for now. He has already drawn interest from two teams uh, who have offered to uh, who have offered first-round picks. Uh, one team is offering a first round and a fifth round pick for next year and the other team is offering a first uh, round pick and another player the teams that have offered the, the teams that have made offers are not known to media yet or to the public yet they haven't really talked about it. it's really under wraps right now but some possible destinations which, which clearly makes sense would be Kansas City uh, Philadelphia they also got them going to Seattle possibly to, to the Cowboys and maybe even uh, to New England so these will all these will all be uh, teams that would make sense these are not necessarily the teams that have probably Probably or that have that might have made that offer. I'm not 100% sure, but I would not be surprised if it was one of these two, one of these five teams here. And finally, uh, we have some news coming out of the Big Apple, aka New York, New York. Eli Manning will finally be taking a sit. And again, like I said, this uh, generation, well, this era of the Eli's of the uh, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady's is slowly coming to an end. Quarterback Daniel Jones has officially been named the starter for the New York Giants. He was a six pick. He was a six pick of this year's draft. So far this year, Eli hasn't done that bad. Uh, he has uh, 
556 passing yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. He currently has a QBR of 78.7, though. And the Giants are averaging about 15.5 points a game. So I guess they're looking for some type of change in direction, definitely. Uh, Jones went 29-34 for 416 yards. He also threw for two touchdowns in the preseason. So he does have some NFL experience under his belt. The question is uh, how... I mean, how good can he come along in the course of the season? And finally, I mentioned this briefly before, but Mika Fitzpatrick, of course, found his new, found his new home in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, again, they, they finished off that trade today. Uh, the Steelers will be receiving uh, not only uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, but they also will be getting the Dolphins' fifth, uh, fifth round pick this year and also a sixth round pick uh, for next year. I'm uh, sorry, for the next year after that. The Dolphins are actually now have have three first round draft picks because of course they traded Minka Fitzpatrick for a first round draft pick so now they have three going into next year's draft uh, the Steelers would also receive Miami's fourth round pick uh, next year and also the seventh round pick in 2021 uh, now as far as Minka Fitzpatrick is concerned uh, he allowed 49% uh, he only allowed a 49% completion percentage uh, being one of the nearest defenders uh, out there as a rookie, meaning uh, any passes thrown his way, any passes thrown in his, like, like I said, in his general vicinity, he only allowed 49% of those to be completed. So again, he's a really good corner and he's a safe, he could play safety as well. Really good in the secondary. And I think the, I, again, I think the notion now in Pittsburgh is that they still want to win. Uh, they trust Mason Rudolph and they don't necessarily want to uh, retool or rebuild again. I, well, they want to still compete for a playoff spot, which I think is a little bit crazy, but then again, I'm not a general manager. So I'm going to call another quick break. And when I come back, I'll be wrapping everything up with some college football. I'll be going over the newest AP top 25. So I'll be talking about the best 25 teams in the nation currently. So I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. All right, y'all, I am back. I'm going to wrap this up tonight. Of course, I'll be going over the college football top 25 as reported by the AP, a.k.a. Associated Press. Let's get into it with the number 25 team, TCU, a.k.a. Texas Christian University. They are currently standing at 2-0 on the year. Their last game was a win at Purdue, 34-13, and they are currently in the midst of some quarterback competition. Freshman Max Duggan is going at it against Kansas State transfer Alex Delta. They have been splitting uh, snaps the past couple of games. However, Duggan could be making his first start of the season uh, versus Southern Methodist University, a.k.a. SMU. For Duggan this year, he's thrown uh, for 235 passing yards. He also has two touchdowns, but he has a rating of 45.5, so he's not necessarily accurate. Uh, as for Delton, he just has 124 passing yards, zero touchdowns, but he does have an interception. So there you go. Uh, it looks like Duggan will be uh, your, your starter going into the rest of the year. Uh, at number 24, we have a Pac-12 team here, Arizona State, who just got a really good upset win last week in Michi at Michigan State. They are currently 3-0 on the year. Here comes Cal. They also have a upset win to start the year. It was against the team ranked right before them, Washington. Uh, but all my fans in Berkeley, the, the Cal Bears are currently 3-0. Rejoice a little bit. They're good for now. Uh, number 22, like I said before, we have Washington, who took that one loss to Cal. 
Cal. That makes them two and one on the year. And at number 20, we have Boise State, who's currently standing at three and zero. At number 19, we have Washington State, whose last game, uh, who's currently standing at three and zero. And last game, of course, was a win at Houston, 31 to 24. They are opening up conference play this week versus UCLA. They are 10th in scoring in the nation with 49.3 points per game, and they are basically led by quarterback Anthony Gordon. Gordon, excuse me, he has uh, 1,324 passing yards, a completion percentage of 78.7. He's thrown for 12 touchdowns and two interceptions. And this team is not that bad on defense. Uh, actually, significantly better than what they usually are. They're 32nd in the nation right now, only allowing 16 points a game. Uh, up next in the 18th spot, we have Iowa, who's currently standing at 3-0. They have a state rivalry win last weekend against Iowa State. In the 17th place, we have um, Texas, Texas A&M, excuse me. They are 2-1. Oregon is currently 2-1 as well in numbers in the number 16 spot. At number 15, we have UCF, a.k.a. Central Florida, here at 3-0. Up next in the 14th, uh, 14th spot, we have Penn State, who is also undefeated at 3-0. Almost getting to the top 10. At number 13, we have Wisconsin at 2-0. We have number 12, Texas at 2-1. At number 11, we have Michigan, who is also 2-0. At number 10, we have an undefeated Utah team. Uh, we have at number 9, Florida, who is 3-0, but they did lose their starting quarterback. But their backup, Kyle Trask, does just fine. We will see how they perform the rest of the way. We have at number 8, Auburn at 3-0. We have number 7, Notre Dame. At number 6, here comes the Ohio State and at number five just right below the top four the playoff top four at the moment we have Oklahoma they are currently at three and oh their last game was a win at UCLA 48 to 14 their conference play starts this week versus Texas Tech and they currently have the, the leading Heisman candidate right now he is currently first in the most recent Heisman poll I think this is the first of the year uh, this is Jalen Hurst their quarterback uh, transfer via Alabama he currently has an 80.3 uh, completion percentage. He also is going for nine touchdowns, zero interception. He has a rating of 250. Goddamn. And this offense is actually pretty good. This actually this offense is really damn good. Second in scoring with 55.7 points a game, almost 60. Uh, you can't beat them right now. I think these this team is pretty much in line to win that uh that Big 12 again. And I wouldn't I would not be surprised if you find them in the top four going to the playoffs again as well. In the four place spot. Uh, we just are cracking into the playoffs uh, positions. One, two, three, and four. We have at number four, of course, LSU, who are three and zero. Oh. We have the Georgia Bulldogs at three and zero oh as well. At number two, we have Alabama. Okay, so we have a, a list of three uh, SEC teams. This is going to be difficult for anybody on the outside looking in right now. These SEC teams, of course, they get a lot of media love. But of course, at number two, we have Alabama at three and zero, oh, which leaves at number one, Clemson, uh, the the lone ACC team that I see here uh, remotely in the top even in the top 10 looks like yeah they are the only ACC team here the best ACC team in my opinion right now in college football I think they're the only ranked team here in the top 25 uh, from the from their conference looking over it again yeah the 
Clemson is the only ranked team right now from the ACC. That ought to tell you something. Uh, that conference has definitely dipped a little bit in talent. Uh, but their last game uh, was a win at Syracuse, 41-6. They're currently the eighth-best uh, eighth scoring defense in the nation, which is uh, 10 points allowed a game. They're, of course, led by linebacker Isaiah Simmons, who currently has over, I think, about, yes, he has 27 total tackles this year, three and a half a loss. He also has two sacks. Linebacker Chad Smith is also doing a great deal here as well. 22 total tackles, two tackles for loss, and also a sack. Uh, and the defense has forced 11 and a half total sacks right now so far in the season. Four interceptions, two forced fumbles, and two forced, uh, sorry, two fumble recoveries. So, again, this team has probably the best defense uh, in the nation right now in terms of scoring. Uh, they don't really give up a whole lot of passing, uh, a whole lot of yardage either. Uh, last week uh, versus Syracuse, uh, they forced a couple interceptions on Tommy DeVito. So, they're looking really good on both sides of the ball. They score about almost 40 points a game. So, again, there's no beating this team right now, at least in that conference I should see them you should see this team pretty much stay undefeated throughout the way and their only their only loss could come in the playoffs that's my opinion alright y'all I'm gonna call a wrap for tonight if you are looking to get in touch with me you can on my email of course that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com eljbutler75 at gmail.com of course I am on Facebook and the Instagram as well Jamal Johnny is the name ELJ J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is L-Jamal Ajani, E-L-J-A-M-A-H. I also have a Facebook page for the show as well. You can follow me there at Never Out of Bounce. And again, if anybody hasn't, hasn't told you yet, you guys, I love you. Peace out. One love. And I'll holler at y'all soon.